Hello and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring and creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, PR consultant and freelance writer, tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours owner and host of this podcast. As you sit back and listen, it's my hope that you'll leave feeling inspired to pay a visit or motivated to start planning that trip to the Kingdom of Morocco. This week, I'm joined in studio by Abderrazak Houtsi, owner of Atelier Dayer, a company that encourages clientele to roll up their sleeves and learn a Moroccan craft or trade. Zellige tile work, basket making, pottery, even cooking. Through the traditional workshops that Atelier Dayer organizes, I've had the chance to make a pair of traditional Moroccan slippers, piece together a mosaic tile, and even hammer a copper bowl during the three-hour sessions that take place in the artist's studios throughout the Medina. But it's about more than just the craft. It's the opportunity to meet the maker and hear his or her story, to chat about his or her trade and understand how he or she became a master. It's the chance to meet the person responsible for the goods you might find for sale in the soups. It's the opportunity to laugh and share a couple cups of tea in between producing something to take home. In fact, I always leave feeling so grateful for the opportunity to gain some insight into local artisan life. So let's listen in as Abdul Razak tells us about the workshops he organizes and what guests can expect during their training. Thank you so much for joining me in studio today. Um, it's been a pleasure to meet you, and I really love what you're doing with the hands-on workshops that you Thank organize. You. So I'm wondering if you can just tell listeners um, a little bit about yourself, but also about Atelier Dyer, the company that you own here in Marrakesh. Okay. So, first of all, I would like to thank you for having me today. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I was born in Casablanca, and we moved to Marrakesh when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. So, I spent all my life here in Marrakesh, mm-hmm. and uh, this charming city, uh, I cannot uh, yeah. <laughs> live anywhere. Uh, I know, it's, it grows on you, doesn't it? Yes, uh-huh. yes. I had a lot of opportunities outside Marrakesh, but I refused it uh-huh. because it was very difficult to, to move to another city. Yeah. Especially in Casablanca, is a city, it's a very fast city. And uh-huh. uh, the lifestyle in, in Marrakesh is totally different. Yeah. yeah. I have a BA in renewable energies and a master degree in logistics management. Uh-huh. And recently I got uh, a BA on uh, Moroccan heritage promotion here in Marrakesh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Atelier Dayer uh, was born in 2008 uh-huh. by a French woman who was living here in Marrakesh, in Casablanca. And uh, just by coincidence, she was, uh, as a tourist here in Marrakesh, uh-huh. she was working in the souks. She liked the way the craftsmen master their craft, and she was very inspired about that. And she was thinking how she can learn that. So the first time she uh, she, she she went to uh, the complex artisanal mm-hmm. just to see some craftsmen there because it's a safe area there. Yeah. So uh, first of all, she started with the leather work. She did a workshop to, to see how going on so uh, from that moment uh, she decided to to run her business especially when she uh, she chats with the craftsman and she knows about what 
they suffer from and also yeah. uh, the experience and all the background about that. Uh-huh. And actually, the year aims to promote Moroccan heritage, especially the know-how, mm-hmm. by organizing craft workshops. Mm-hmm. Know-how workshop because we have we don't have only craft workshop. We have craft workshop, cooking classes, mm-hmm. and also well-being workshop. Oh, wow. Like Moroccan traditional hammam. To uh, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, an immersion in uh, the ritual of the Moroccan traditional hammam. Which, if you've never been to the hammam and yes. you're going to the local, you'll definitely want somebody to go with you to show yes. you what it's all about. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. So for uh, our workshops, it's not only just the experience, because our aim is to, to let uh, the travelers to discover not only a technique but also a man. A culture mm-hmm. and the history. Absolutely. That's what I've appreciated so much when I've done the workshops is that you're meeting the person behind. Because as in somebody from Canada, we just, I feel like we've lost touch with where our goods come from. And here you can have the opportunity to sit in a workshop with somebody who's been doing this for yes. years. And quite often they're quite well recognized within the Moroccan community. Yes. And hammer a bowl or make a pair of babouche or just make a craft that you can take home and there's always something that's useful, isn't it? Yes, of course. Because we have like a coat, why you have to to buy it when you have the opportunity to mm-hmm. make it? Just... Ah, yeah. why do you have to buy it when you have the opportunity to, to make, make it? it. Yes. I love it. Yes, join Atelier Dayer and make your own Moroccan uh, yes. souvenir. Uh-huh. And we try to design like the workshop to suit for everyone. Mm-hmm. To make it very easy, simple and untestable. Because we don't know, don't you know the the feeling when you uh, are with someone who talk about something and yeah. not know anything about <laughs> it. So, yeah. yeah, from that workshop we could help uh, the craftsmen to increase their incomes mm-hmm. because, as you know, the the mono craftsmen uh, they are they are living in uh, survival mode. Uh, they don't have the ability or the capacity to to produce products to have a showroom and to promote it. So. Uh, for them, they work just for the market. If there is a demand, they work for it. If there is no demand, there is no work. And they have skills. So uh, from that, we uh, focus on their skills to, to create something and to share it with the, the participants. And uh, from that, uh, the craftsmen also start to, to become more creative because, you know, the, that kind of recognition when you receive some, for example, uh, Hugh Jackman in a pottery workshop. No way. Yes. When you receive uh, Hugh Jackman in work, a pottery workshop and he's like your student <laughs> yeah. and uh, he talk about what you're doing. Uh, he appreciate very well uh, yeah. what, you're, what you're doing. And uh, you feel this proud uh, of what you're doing and this recognition. Who You didn't get it from no one. Because like you work just for the market and the market don't uh, appreciate you. It depreciates your work to get it for low uh, amount of money. Yeah. So uh, from that, the craftsmen start to become creative uh-huh. and also to, be, to, have, to do some initiative in terms of workshop. Exactly. And this is the concept, is to, keep, to leave uh, the participants to, uh, to have a journey with the craftsmen yeah. during the workshop. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Yeah. Because one of the things that I really, I mean, it's a bit sad, but I think that's just how the way the world is. It's one of the craftsmen I was speaking with, I was asking him like if he were passing on his trade to his son, and he said, no, he doesn't want his son 
to work in these conditions. He wants him to go to university, be educated in a different manner. Yes. I think uh, this is a problem of social conditioning. You know, when, uh, when uh, the society conditions all people to, to do the same thing, to have a focus on university studies. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the last uh, King's speech talked about that. Oh, really? That uh, not all people who go in the university have to work on their field. They have must have skills, uh-huh. and those skills who can create uh, yeah. opportunities for them. Yeah. So I think, for uh, in my belief, I think uh, it's very important to have uh, like mechanical skills yeah. or uh, craft skills that also allow you to have more creativity because you know all people with craft skills are creative yes. and have a big imagination mm-hmm. in terms of creativity. Yeah, and it's not limiting at it's all. It's not so. limiting at all. Yeah. In, like that. But I feel like there's a real shift back. I mean, we saw in Canada where everybody, Canada, everybody has a um, university degree and that you get, you know, barristers working for minimum wage because everybody has a university yes. degree. But the people who actually went to trade school, yeah. I think they have a better chance of ex- you know, seeking work opportunities, hands-on, real-life experience. And so I feel like there's a move back towards the trades. And also not just in, like, what people study, but people are in North America, I see, are risking, you know, leaving these jobs that were, like, desk jobs that might have a very high salary, but to go back into the creative fields. So I'm hoping that's going to... Yes, I uh, yeah. There is a lot of uh, there is a movement here in Morocco also. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a, a lot of people who pick the entrepreneurship field who start to increase here in Morocco. There is a lot of young people who would like to to work for their own selves mm-hmm. uh, because they they understand the meaning of life is yeah. to do what you like. If uh-huh. and that is you can find it only only in entrepreneurship. Uh, yeah. Field. The freedom, uh, yes. the happiness. Happiness <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, the craft activity here in Morocco, it's one of the opportunities. It's uh-huh. uh, one of the focus of the government and the king because, as you see, we are not uh, an industrial country. Mm-hmm. So we have to focus on our strength. And one of our strengths is uh, the craft activities. So I know like when I travel, I always try to find a hands-on workshop. So I went to Hungary back in the spring and I did yes. leather bag making yes. and I absolutely loved it. And so you offer things like pottery workshop, a cooking workshop. The one that I think is really cool is the actual babouche leather making workshop, yes. the hammering a metal, metal bowl. Uh, but you also said that there's a Tadillac workshop. So yes. What is Tadillac? Can you tell us a little bit about that workshop? Yes. Tadillac workshop is one of the famous Tadillac workshops, especially in Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. As you know, when we talk about Tadillac, Tadillac came from the word Delleka. That means massage, massaging. Ah. Yeah, it's the process of massaging the limestone. Okay. Okay. And uh, you can find it in a lot of uh, areas, like in Riyadh for decoration. Yeah. Recently, they start to apply it on uh, pottery. You can f- yes. find it in big pot or vase and uh, jewelry boxes. Yeah. So, Tadlect is like a waterproofing technique, uh, ecological waterproofing technique. It used to be for waterproofing the big jars yeah. to preserve water. Oh, okay. Yes. Then they start applying it for decoration and architecture. Oh, how interesting. Yes. 
And uh, for the TED Lect, especially the TED Lect, we have two kinds of workshop. We have uh, the short period discovery in which the participants spend about three to five hours with the craftsman to do uh, to make a piece like applying that lect on a small box mm -hmm. to get with them to take with them after the workshop as a souvenir mm -hmm. learn the whole process from uh, the preparation of the lime until the finishing with uh, the black soap Finishing with the black soap? Yes, for waterproofing. Really? That's how you yes. waterproof it? Yes. What's the technique? The technique is we once uh, the object is dry, uh -huh. we mix the, water, uh, the, the soap with water and we apply it on uh, the surface of the deadlect. Mm -hmm. Then we use uh, this river stone to polish it. Oh, wow. One, once we polish it with the river stone, we, uh, we uh, remove it with uh, a tissue. Just we clean it with the tissue and it's bright and uh, clean. Wow. Yes. Okay, I'm adding that one to my list of workshops I need to do. Yes. Um, because what I love about the highlight is that you can get it in like really vibrant colors, like turquoise and blues. And, yes. Or you can do like more muted grays and whatnot. So that is an opportunity. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, and also, what's magic about the TED Lect is uh, the transformation from the limestone to the, the final product. Because like it's like magic. We you have some, some powder mm -hmm. with the uh, surface are smooth, clean, shiny, and beautiful. Yeah, this is the magic of that. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, just a quick time out, because if you're keen to explore Morocco, let me tell you about SunTrails, a private tour operator based in Marrakesh. I've had the pleasure of being both a paying customer on a holiday through the south of Morocco, but also just traveling with Chris, because he is a friend after all. That aside, Chris is genuinely passionate about discovering the hidden gems dotting the country, and meeting people like architects and musicians undertaking interesting initiatives. He then puts all of this together in an itinerary for guests who are looking for more than just a standard tour of Morocco. He's been on the podcast twice, so if you want to find out more, check out episode 1 and episode 19, or get in touch with me via mandyandmorocco.com and I'll happily put you in touch. And so besides, what else do you have on offer? We have uh, different categories. We have like architectural uh, workshops like uh, Ted Lact, Mosaic. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Those two kind of workshops. In Ted Lact, we have different workshops. We have Ted Lact on pottery, Ted Lact on wall. And okay. we have also uh, trainings for several days for professional. Okay. So like an interior designer and architect yes. can come and you could organize their workshops for yes. them. And yes. they could really leave. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. They have they get skills and certificate of participants as a recognition for oh, wow. okay. training. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And also we have a pottery workshop. In pottery workshop we have uh, the different technique that they can learn. And we can uh, focus on the technique or the, the final project that they would like to learn. For example, they can do like how to make a tagine uh -huh. uh, and we mix it with a cooking class. That's cool. From the, the, the material to the, the, the dish. I like that because a lot of people come, I mean, I own Tasting Marrakesh Food Tours and a lot of people come on my food tour and they want to buy a tagine and they want to take a cooking class. So that's a perfect uh, combo yeah. to, to blend together. Yeah. And our cooking classes, what's special of it is uh, local classes, cooking classes organized within local families mm -hmm. in which the participants uh, can go inside a local Moroccan house wow. uh, to work with a skilled uh -huh. woman 
who don't have opportunity to work outside. Yeah. So we bring for them travelers to share with them uh, her skills. <laughs> so how does a typical workshop go? Uh, a typical workshop, once we uh, get to the, uh, the, the workshop, we set up an introduction between the craftsman and uh, the traveler. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the workshop, there is an assistant who is the students from university, who the role of the assistant, not only the translation, but also okay. to keep uh, a smooth running of the yes. workshop. So the craftsman starts to talk about, about his history with, uh, with the craft, and uh, the, the assistant also tried to, to introduce uh, the traveler to do the background and the history of the crafts. Then uh, the craftsman uh, start. He explained first uh, the final product that he can he, he will make. Then he start from the preparation of the, all the raw material and everything. Then uh, he show the first step. The participant uh, go with it. Then and so on until they finish. Uh, and what I think is really cool is a lot of the workshops are just, I mean, they, the artisans have been there for decades. Yes. And they're very unassuming um, and producing these absolutely beautiful yes. artworks, really. And using like these old techniques, it's amazing. Like no machines, there are yes. very few. Yeah. Um, I think the babouche workshop there was a sewing machine but yeah. besides that like we were like literally cutting the leather yes everything so it's it's fascinating just to even go in from an outsider's perspective just to have that time with an artisan like a lot of people want to go into the local yes. homes and cook but i think it's equally as fascinating to go to an artisan's workshop of course and see where they where they're producing all these goods that we find in the, in the suits yeah yeah so I mean, I said this to you before, but what I really love about what you're doing is that you're offering an opportunity to really engage with the craftsmen, for people to see how it's really made, interact one-on-one, -on -one, go straight to the source. It's exactly the kind of tourism that I personally think Morocco needs more of and has like endless opportunities to explore. And it's one that I hope to provide to our guests on our Tasting Marrakesh to break down any cultural barriers. I yes. feel like any questions that people may have had about, or ideas that they may have had about yeah. Morocco or this society. So I'm just wondering, what is the feedback from the artisan being? Artisans, as I told you, uh, they are very uh, happy about that mm -hmm. and very excited to work more with us, mm -hmm. especially when they feel the, this kind of recognition because... Yes. Uh, all the time they are just working uh, in survival mode. Once they uh, do the workshop and they get a good feedback for from people famous or not famous, yeah. so uh, they feel this kind of recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And also that would that help them to increase their income. So uh, not only just producing product, they can count on their skills yeah. to share. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. I love what you said about like why buy when you can have the opportunity yes. to make. And I personally like having seen some people like negotiating in the soups or feeling that you know some things are too expensive, which I really feel like every tourist in Morocco do one of your workshops yes. before going into the soups to truly understand yeah. the like labor and because it, it's not just going in and making a pair of leather babouche, like that artisan has gone to the leather market purchased the skins, had them dyed, had them delivered to his workshop, then starts like the actual process of making the babouche. And then there's the whole like sales side as well. Um, 
So I'm just wondering, uh, how, in your opinion, how can travelers be more conscious of purchasing when visiting Marrakesh? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, uh, I'm advising the traveler to empty their cup. Mm -hmm. before coming here to Morocco and uh, not count on uh, bad others' yes. uh, bad experiences mm -hmm. because everyone uh, can leave a different uh, experience and Absolutely. have good deals from the market. Mm -hmm. And also I'm advising them to, uh, to buy directly from the craftsmen and not bargaining a lot because the craftsmen, they sell the product, especially the craftsmen who make his own exactly. product. It's always so fair. Yes, yes. It's like a fair trade mm -hmm. to not bargain a lot with them. Mm -hmm. Because if you are in a store, uh, sometimes uh, you don't have, you don't know uh, how much it costs really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because it's true, like once you've done the workshop and you realize that it takes I think it took me like, what, two and a half hours to make a pair yes. of babouche. That was just the actual making of the babouche. That wasn't picking up the leather or anything. Yes. And so if somebody said to me, like, it's 150 dirhams for a pair of babouche, I'd be like, absolutely. Because like, I saw, when I was in that workshop, I saw people yeah. coming in and they wanted to negotiate. I was like, I will never negotiate <laughs> yeah. for a pair of slippers again because yeah. it's such. Yes. Like, it is physical work. I agree with you. Um, so, no, I think that's really good tips. You mentioned that you have a VA in Moroccan heritage. Yes. What is that? Uh, this BA is uh, focused on uh, Moroccan heritage who are not only uh, are not uh, referenced for yet mm -hmm. and uh, we uh, do the process of patrimonialization so we uh, take this monument and we recognize it as an identity for uh, the Moroccan locals mm -hmm. and then we promote it in terms to be uh, valuable uh, economically okay so but is it so that's tangible if it's like a historical monument. Yes. Are there any intangible like the craft? Yes, that you're yes, okay. yeah. Moroccan heritage uh, concern the tangible and intangible. Intangible. Yes, and oh. it's also the craftsman uh, because this field I uh, started after uh, buying the company from okay. the owner because I uh, would like to to diversify and to have uh, more uh, concern about the activity. Yeah. So I, th I choose this field because it's very important that I give you another uh, academic overview about uh, how we can start uh, promoting uh, mm -hmm. craft activities. And where do you think the promotion needs to be focused? Uh, the promotion... Or where is there a lack of promotion? The lack of promotion, I think, uh, on craftsmen. Yeah. yeah. Because normally we, we promote just uh, the, the, the artisanal. Yeah, and, uh, that is true. Uh, yes, and uh, we don't uh, promote people because the people who create the artisana are not the people who sell the artisana. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is, like, by having the workshops, do you think this is something, like, could somebody open a Tadillac studio and say, like, I don't know, L.A. Um, or, or anywhere abroad? Like, is it techniques that they could then take elsewhere yeah of course we receive a lot of people who came here to Mo in Morocco to do like to, especially for training for several days mm -hmm. and they work with it in Europe or in US so uh, for example in Europe the application of that lact is between three, 200 and 300 per met euro per meter square so they Two do to 300 euros per meter square wow so, per um, having done the mosaic workshop, I think that would be a bit hard to yes. as a, as a skill to, to export. Yeah. But yeah, like the tablet or the basket weaving that you also. Yes. I mean, I think the basket weaving that one must be pretty popular given how popular baskets are. Now, do people want to come here and learn how to make their own yeah, yeah. trendy basket? Yes. Um, 
Any new workshops that you can reveal? Uh, new workshops? I think like recently we try to uh, to work on um, uh, not only doing three hours workshop, but uh, like a tour in which the participants can discover more than one uh, one workshop. Okay. For example, we have like a pottery village tour in which the participants can discover three mini workshops, okay. one hour each. Okay. Yeah, doing uh, pottery, dead lect on pottery and the mosaic. Oh wow! So they would leave with like three little like, yes, souvenirs. three little souvenirs. Amazing. Uh, or maybe we can we have four uh, four workshops in which participants can choose three. There has there is also the basketry weaving because they are at the same area. Yeah. But carving workshop. Wood. That seems really interesting and there seems to be fewer and fewer artisans in the Medina doing wood carving. Yes. For the wood carving workshop there is two techniques. In the wood carving there is the technique based on, uh, we call it the Bilgi workshop or the Berber workshop. Okay. The Bilgi workshop based uh, he applied uh, Islamic and geometric designs on it. Like the arabesque yeah. designs, and people actually would get the opportunity to carve arabesque yes. designs within the wood. Yeah, they they apply one of those designs in, mm -hmm. or the Berber design that like uh, lines, uh, some animals sometimes. Yes, the yeah, motifs, yeah. motifs. Yes. And those are both three and five hours. As yes, well. we uh, because for different between between three and uh, five hours, just. On to, uh, term of time of application, because some people they would like to spend more time with the craftsman, yeah. and also uh, people who would like to learn the both techniques. In three uh -huh. hours they can do just one technique, yeah. but in five hours they have the opportunity to, to apply the yeah. both techniques. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming by today. It's thank you for really been me. such a pleasure to to have met you, done some of your workshops, work together um, in various capacities. So um, I look forward to seeing what else you guys might be. Might yeah. be doing. Hopefully, getting my yeah. hands dirty again. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that elect one, I think it's it will be. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's yeah. next on my list. It, well, thank you so mm, much. Thank you, you have a great team as well. I mean, you've really uh, yeah. found a niche in picking the coolest artisan, the friendliest artisan, yeah. and the friendliest little hostesses. Like, every time I go on one, they're always like super keen, and yeah. then randomly they pull out these biscuits that they've prepared. So, it's, it's really fun. If you're a fan of getting off the tourist trail and planning to be in Marrakesh, join us for one of our Tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours. On our Tasting Marrakesh Gilis tour, we explore some of the 20th century architecture in Marrakesh, stop at some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco gems, and wander through parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of my favorite things. But don't just take it from me. Condé Nast Traveler recently included this tour on its roundup of 10 cool things to do in Marrakesh. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a CH. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that interest you. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks when I'll be back in the studio after a short break. In the meantime, if you want to discuss a collaboration or partnership, please feel free to get in touch via my website, mandyinmorocco.com. 
And if you're a fan of Why Morocco, I would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on your favorite channel or spread the love by sharing on your social media networks. Just don't forget to tag me at Mandia Morocco so I can be sure to thank you for helping me share my love of Morocco.